Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! So today is December 29th, 2021, and it is Wednesday, a lovely and beautiful sunny day in beautiful downtown Orlando, Central Florida. So that's the update on that, and it is 10 to 1, because I, your host, am suffering from a very uncomfortable depression, sort of a phase. So I think the most appropriate conversation to have today, since my father just died uh, two weeks ago yesterday, and I'm apparently going through some parental death related sensations, I think it's uh, probably appropriate to talk about that. You are listening Fremlin show. Want to share with anyone who's interested out there? Um, it takes a so, super duper uh, long time. Yeah. To boot it up. Um, and so I. Anyways, and now tonight I'm gonna not give you some information. Yay! A doctor. Um, which I forgot what it is. Right. You are listening to the Dave Fremlin show. Yay! I guess we'll see what happens, right? So here I am, and okay, so here I am, and I wanted to talk about what's going on with how, okay, so my father died two weeks ago, and I'm a person who's already dealing with mental health and emotional health and recovery and physical health issues. And so what I'm going to explain is, because the thing I always wanted to know from people before my father died is what, it, is, what does it feel like? What can I expect and how can I deal with it? And I can tell you that I had no idea. And I thought, oh, yeah, I, my, I was kind of ready for my father to die because he was very ill. And I am not caught by surprise. I knew a week in advance that he was going to die. And I knew the morning that I woke up that he, I was going to get a call that day. So I was connected spiritually to it. It did not phase me on that level. What I did not understand, and nobody's been ever able to explain to me in their moments of grief, and I've been through a lot of people dying in my life, so it's not a new thing, but a parent is different apparently, and uh, what I have been hit with is, uh, first of all, an exaggeration of the already problems that I've already been dealing with for approximately three or three years or longer, okay? So the, those things that I have been coping with that I thought I had a handle on are now sort of re, they're sort of reawakened. So that's problematic. And um, the next thing is that I have got new, the, the, the hardest part is this very uncomfortable depression. And so what it feels like is I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so... I normally wake up, I have a routine, I do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, Q, R, S, and all the things in the order that they go in, and then I go about my day, and at the end of the day, I do, you know, uh, P, Q, R, uh, S, T, W, or whatever the letters are, and then X, Y, Z, and then I'm done for the day, and now, lately, what's happened is I don't have motivation and so when I wake up, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't have a motivation. I don't have a desire to do something. I don't have a thing. 
And then on top of that, I don't have the energy to do a thing if I had a thing to do. And so those two things, just that alone, just being, first of all, I'm not sleeping till 11 like I'm supposed to, which causes me problems later at night because we all know about my restless leg syndrome. I don't need to go into it again. It has to be managed the right way. And getting up too early in the morning and not being able to go to sleep again, being too restless, I'm losing out on four hours of sleep a day. Okay, so I'm still remaining sedentary in the morning, but instead of being intentionally sedentary, I'm finding myself going, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? Okay, and then I didn't get it done. So by now, it's one o'clock. What I should have had done, (laughs) I should have had my bed made. It's done. I should have had my vitamins and breakfast. It's done. Okay. I should have brushed my teeth, put on my face, brushed my hair, not done, okay? Um, By now, I should have done my podcast and been to the gym. So it's all taking a lot longer than usual. There's a lot of, I'm very easily distracted, and so I start doing something and then I'm getting confused and doing something else. And I went to Fort Lauderdale for a few days I thought it'd be a great distraction over Christmas it worked beautifully but unfortunately as soon as I got home I started in with this very anhedonic depression so anhedonia uh, is um, or anhedonia is actually not it's depression but it's you can be it's depression where there's a lack of sensation of happiness more than there's a sensation of depression so if there's a scale of minus 10 to 0 and then 0 to positive 10 and the positive 10 is like elated emotion and the negative 10 is like dire depression suicidal if you have anhedonia, you're only on the negative side of the scale. You can go from zero to negative 10, and you can go from negative 10 to zero, which does feel like an improvement, but you can never get from zero to one. And so there's never that sensation of a positive feeling. There's only a lack of more negative. So I don't know any other way to describe that, but it's called anhedonia. And it's a lack of ability to sense pleasure in the things that you know should be pleasurable. And so it's not full-on depression because you can be at the zero point or negative one or somewhere in there and not be like feeling, you know, uh, aggressively depressed. But you can have a, a sort of passive depression, I guess you could call it. So I do have that and a, a generalized sense of agitation. So I'm just uncomfortable, you know, I want to eat, then I don't want to eat, I want to go, you know, have sex, I don't want to have sex, I want to do some kind of careless things, That then I go, oh, that's a stupid idea. And so I, you know, I wanted to go back to, to Fort Lauderdale because I thought, oh God, I'm going to be depressed again, I'll go back, I can't afford it. So I'm like, oh my God, my birthday's coming, what am I going to do? So now I'm deciding, you know, what will be the best way to handle the upcoming, so I'm already in a depression, okay? Then it got worse because of my father. And then I did something to distract myself from it, which worked. But then the result of that was more depression when that ended. So now I have two more things coming, New Year's and my birthday. 
and they're both opportunities for increased depression. You are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. And so I'm trying to come up with what to do about it. Okay. So now, okay, so there's more feelings that go on with that. I can't, you know, there's no way when a person is feeling these negative feelings, I could describe for you the feeling like I just did, but it doesn't carry any of the actual impact of the weight of actually feeling it emotionally and physically. And there's no way to really describe it because it's so, um, it's so innately internal. You know, I can't say, like if, if I cut my finger, a paper cut, everybody knows what a paper cut feels like. You could look at my cut finger and you could say, ow, that looks painful. But you can't look at me and see that I'm in pain or uncomfortable by looking at me, okay? So it's very hard to describe, you know, the feelings. I don't feel like crying. I don't feel like I want to hit anyone or hurt anyone or do anything. I just can't pull myself together. I just can't. And so I, you know, I, I because I work so hard on this kind of thing, I... And since I've been working so strenuously at not, you know, backpedaling into my former, like I was in a very bad state before I started all this, uh, you know, um, before I got to Florida and started working on these problems, I was not in a good way. And I don't want to really return to that. And so my whole, like, way of dealing with the world, it revolves around what is the solution? What is this? I don't care. The cause, I know the cause, okay? My father just died. I, I have, you know, long history of depression, a long history of chemical dependence, whatever. There's no question in my mind. There's, I have no doubt what is going on, okay? I have no, it doesn't, I'm not like, you know, all of a sudden I'm having these things I need to know. I know what's happening, okay? So that's very, um, I think that's a very, big first step okay a lot of people are not lucky enough to really understand when things are happening to them before i went and got help i didn't know what was happening to me then i suddenly knew so um it's good to identify okay this is happening because this is these are what it feels like to be in this state of loss that i'm in and along with the fact that i have pre-existing conditions okay so the first thing in dealing with it, and I went to multiple, this morning I had, you know, I pray a lot and I ask God, what should I do? And God usually tells me things that sound like my own idea, but I know I'm not smart enough to have thought of it. So it has to have come from God. And today I was laying in bed and I suddenly got an epiphany. Why don't you go online as you love doing and look up what are some of the symptoms and cures or remedies for grieving for the loss of a father. And you know, you Google in anything and you could come up with a million things. So I Googled in and there are some websites that I trust for psychiatric information. And I pulled up one and I read it and it turned out that there was a list of about a dozen symptoms that matched mine almost pretty closely. And you know, everybody's different. So you could say, yeah, that's sort of close to what I'm feeling. And so there was about a dozen symptoms. And then there were about a half a dozen remedies. I'm very thrilled to say that of those remedies, I have already innately 
begun with better than half. So what are the remedies? I've already told you some of the symptoms and you'll have your own if you're going through this. And if you're not going through this, you'll understand a friend better. What are some of the remedies? Well, the number one remedy and the thing I'm best at, by the way, is self-care. It's very important to not fall off that self-care wagon, which I have already done because I missed a shower and a vacuuming my floor last night. It's freaking me out, obviously, which I'll make up for it today. But uh, it's very important to not fall off the self-care wagon because that will spiral you downward. Okay, there's things you can do to spiral upward or spiral downward. And letting go of self-care, you know, it's not going to take long to add more. It's going to take you down. It's not going to take you up. So you think, oh, I'm too tired to take a shower. I'll just wait tomorrow. Okay, what you have just done or what I did last night You've given in to the depression. You've given it power. And then you have also fed it by adding another symptom to it. Okay? There's another reason to be depressed now. So, because now I'm all grubby and disgusting. Okay? So, you see how that works? It's not magic. It's not, it's not, it's not mythical. It's very common sense. Okay? I I gave in to the depression. The depression manifested, I'm so tired. I have no motivation. I'll skip the shower. So honoring the feelings. Yes, I'm tired. Yes, I have no motivation. Okay, but I need to still take a shower because if I don't, then I spiral myself to another symptom of depression. So now I've just added not showering to the current already symptoms. So it's not good to let go of the self-care. And I could give you a list of a dozen self-care items that I'm very good at and that I have, eh, I haven't really let it slip. I didn't take a shower one night, okay? So we're all still within the realm of good, okay? And then the next thing, very important, is acknowledge and validate what you're feeling, okay? I'm gonna tell you right now, the first day I was so angry and I was not angry at my father for dying. I was angry at my brothers for how they treated me a year ago, okay? And then I was angry at my mom for how she treated me 20 years ago. So the anger, when you hear the stages of grief, anger, denial, bargaining, depression, acceptance, it doesn't necessarily mean toward the person that died, okay? That was something I was surprised by. The anger came out, but it was not at my father. It was at everything surrounding you know, there were other issues that were within me that came up that caused anger that were not about my father. So that you will have, and there's been that about every emotion, okay? I've had memories of a lot of things. So the most important thing is to not try to resist it, not try to push it down, not try to make it into something it isn't, not try to cover it up. Distraction, yes. Distraction is good. You know, there's no reason to wallow. You know, bike ride, roller skates, trip to the beach, whatever. Distraction is good. It can't go on forever. But distraction tends not to, doesn't it? But definitely um, acknowledge what's there for what it is. Don't try to make it something it's not. Like, I felt like I should be sad. I'm not sad, okay? But I am what I am. And I am definitely feeling things. And just because they don't match what I think they should be doesn't mean that they are in any way shape or form invalid okay so given that you must acknowledge what is there 
I'm Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. Self-care, acknowledging what's there, okay? Be very kind to yourself, you know, like make sure you properly feed yourself. It's all part of self-care, really, okay? Another thing, very important, I have found very helpful. I don't like to do it. I, I really resist this a lot. Reaching out to somebody or someone else to let them know that you are struggling. Because if you don't, the sensation of loneliness is going to overpower you. So in my case, I'm living here in Florida. I'm all alone. I'm angry with my family. I'm estranged. And I don't have a whole bunch of new friends yet. And so the sensation of here alone was becoming overwhelming. And it felt very hopeless. And then I thought, well, there is nothing stopping me. I know a half a dozen people here. They've all reached out to me. They've all given me their numbers. Okay. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, look, you know, my father died two weeks ago. I'm feeling alone. Can you text me back? All right. I know a lot of people from meetings. I've had people text me every single morning. Hey, how are you doing today? Reaching out for assistance. Very, very very important okay I, I don't know the mechanism by which it works but i know that it does work okay so those are some top things i'm not going to open up the website now and get into some more stuff there's a whole bunch i would also say that in my experience to try to continue the routine the daily routine as best as possible um to acknowledge that those negative thoughts are not organic. Okay, I have to remember on top of the grief, I have to remember that I already have mental illness to begin with. Okay, so to try to um, not put myself in positions that are going to exacerbate or make worse any of my problems. And so how am I, and then another thing is distraction. And this is where I'm going to go now. So now I'm, I'm in a position where my birthday's coming up. I'm going to be all alone. New Year's is like tomorrow or something. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I mean, this is like a setup for, this is like a setup for a big damage control problem. So I'm thinking to myself, what could I do? So I asked God, should I go back to Fort Lauderdale? And I said, if you want me to go back to Fort Lauderdale, there will be an available reservation and I'll have enough money. Well, that did not occur. So then I thought, well, I'm in Orlando. There must be something I can do on my birthday that would be exciting and fun. I won't feel lonely and terrible. And it occurred to me that I go, I used to go to Disneyland every year on my birthday. And I'm not thinking that a 58-year-old man alone at Disneyland is really that appropriate because I will feel like a pedophile and I will feel like, uh, you know, odd. And I think it will bring back too many childhood memories, frankly. But there are three other theme parks attached to Disney World. Some of them have free areas and some of them are not. But I looked online and I'm a resident of Florida and I get a discount ticket. I can buy a one-day ticket for the park of my choice for $100. And I have chosen that I'm going to go to Disney's um, Hollywood Studios for my birthday on a $100 ticket, and I'm deciding at this point if I'm going to invite anybody else to come with me or not. But I think that I could be perfectly happy for three or four hours alone at Disneyland 
on my birthday. And so that's what I'm going to look forward to as my solution. And I'm going to consider it all day today. And then I'm going to decide. And, um, and by the end of today, I will have made a decision and or have bought a ticket to Disney World. So, um, you know, it would be distracting for one day. And then the next day after that, I'm going to start with an improv class that's eight weeks long. And I think that it's a very good first step toward uh, a healing process. And lastly, on a very last note, I want to just give you an update. There was a person who was pursuing me and it made me very nervous and uncomfortable. And then I decided that the best bet that I had going forward, because I don't want to alienate anyone, I thought the best bet I have going forward is to just be honest with this person and tell them, look, I'm going through this thing right now and I'm not entirely uninterested, but I'm frustrated right now by it. And if you could please, you know, just give me some space and time and like be kind of slow and gentle that I'd appreciate it. And then I said a couple things about myself that I thought maybe scared the person away. And then at the end of the night, I said, I'm going to leave the ball in your court. Well, I never thought I'd hear from them again. But I'm happy to report that my strategy of being completely honest, it actually is falling in my favor because the person has called me back and they've called me back in a very benign way. Just sort of, hey, what are you doing today? I acknowledged that today was their birthday. I told them I was kind of struggling today, but I could be happy to check back later. I haven't heard back, but I don't want to alienate somebody. Here's my philosophy. I told somebody the minimum amount of truth that they needed to know about me in order to make informed consent. All right? And so the main thing is I'm uncomfortable and you know, I would like to... In, involve myself more with more people but I just I'm very nervous about it if you could just give me some time and space then it will it will naturally organically occur or it won't now the ball's in your court okay that strategy worked very well because I waited I didn't think I'd hear and now I heard you know today is that person's birthday I sent them a happy birthday message they asked me what I was doing today I said I was struggling but I would be happy to check back later I haven't heard anything back but my philosophy is I don't want to, if that person knows what they're getting into with being an acquaintance or friend or whatever level they want with me, whatever level naturally occurs, I should say, um, if they're willing, who am I to push away somebody who wants to care about me and that I could possibly care about? Who am I to push that away? Who am I? Yeah, I gave them the honest truth. I was like, here's how I am. If you want to, be in my world then this is the way that you have to be in it because there's no other way and um if you're willing to i'm not saying change you i'm saying i'm not change me either so this is how i am and if it's going to be a thing that feels you know natural and good let's do let's make it happen so uh if somebody then you know i'm not opposed given that I don't have to hide anything and don't have to pretend and don't have to feel nervous or uncomfortable, then I'm totally open to somebody wanting to involve themselves with me. So on the end of my podcast, I'm just going to report that at this point, the level has gone down to a manageable level. And I feel like things are, you know, as, as depressed and as difficult as a time as I'm having, there's no way to not admit that it's going fairly well. 
you know, it seems difficult, it seems rough, it seems lonely and whatever, but, you know, it could be so much worse, and it's not. And, you know, it's on the path of, I'm on the path of how I want to be. So, um, you know, I don't, I can't, I didn't put the bricks in the path. I'm only going on the path that's in front of me already there. So, um, you know, God is laying the bricks. And so, um, you know, that's the end of my podcast for today. And I hope that it helps somebody or doesn't or whatever. Uh, Thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed in the Dave Fremlin Show are strictly opinions. I am not an expert. The Dave Fremlin Show is written, directed, and produced by Dave Fremlin and is a Dave Fremlin production. Thank you for listening.